So in her school, they made like a school rap thing, and it was like math and reading, math and reading, math and reading. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Did it start? No, just waiting. Oh, it's rolling? Okay. But continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in Spanish, we always do those, like, uh, like for, like, conjugations. You're like, soy, eres, es, son, son, soy, 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 eres, es, son, son. Oh, you, like, Spanish, made a rap out like, of it? Yeah. That's cool. They just oh, called me the Mario. the Bill of Rights. There was this one on YouTube. It was, Yo, it's the Bill of Rights. It's the Bill of your Rights. We're going to take you power to uh, up to the unfamiliar heights. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then it, I don't remember the actual, like, Bill of Rights part. I just remember the intro. We <laughs> <laughs> to like memorize the bill of That's cool. Well, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Meet Your Species podcast. My name is Heath, and today we have Neha, who I met through your mom, and I met your mom through the teacher training we did. So years later, we got to meet, and I'm super glad we did. Yeah. <laughs> How many years later? Like five. Yeah, too long. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is I just came back for a few months and I was like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> I went back. <laughs> just went to India. And then I just... would do that too. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, the first thing that would be nice is just to kind of get to know you a little bit. So tell me, um, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I've lived here my whole life. In Forsyth County, little bubble. Little bubble. <laughs> yeah, little bubble. Bubble of security, bubble of privilege. Fair enough. So, like, mm, paint a picture of what that looked like when you were growing mm, up. So, uh, we live in a little cul-de-sac, so suburban life. Um, um, quite a bit of diversity in Forsyth County. Um, you know, so that was a pop in the bubble. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of nice trees here, deciduous forest. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, um, like, who did you have around you? What, like, not just the, I mean, obviously there's trees, that's nice, but like the, the experience of growing up. The experience of growing up in Forsyth County. Hmm? So... I think there's a lot of people of different backgrounds. Um, there's like, yeah, there's a lot of people with different backgrounds, which gives you a bigger worldview. But it's interesting because everyone has like the same socioeconomic like status. So like you're around people of like the same mindset, but so much different cultural diversity. It's kind of a cool nuance to grow up in. But growing up, like I didn't really see that. Like I just grew up. But like, um yeah, I think, I think that. <laughs> okay. So what, um, what are the kinds of things that sort of made you think about, uh, things differently? So for example, it could be teachers or your parents or like. I think, um, so my parents got involved in Isha when, when I was quite young. Like I remember, well, Isha, Isha is an organization that. Is, has to do with like yoga and stuff like that, meditation. So growing up in that kind of in spiritually charged kind of environment, um, I think that really shaped me um, just um, to be like in touch with myself. I think a lot of kids don't grow up 
um, with that kind of influence. It's uh, unique to a lot of people. And a lot of people get into like meditation and yoga later in life, but I've been immersed in it throughout my whole life. So that's had a lot of influence on me. Um, yeah, that's one, one thing. Um, uh, also, I think um, my mom's been into art her whole life. So like having um, that creative aspect at home all the time um, since I was so young has shaped me to like, or has influenced me to like use creativity in like everyday circumstances, whether it's, you know, just decision making, like, okay, creatively think your way out of situations that can be um, like challenging, but also like, I don't know, the, the duality of like my dad being an athlete and my mom being like super into art has made me more of a balanced person along with spirituality. Um, yeah. Hmm. So what, what do you think that, uh, that experience of having Isha or any of these kind of things in your life that maybe other kids didn't have? I think I'm constantly like, um, seeking peace situations like a lot of kids middle school high school have a lot of drama like I've never had drama in my entire life like ever because I just get along with people because I feel like um when when you're able when you can like understand who you are it's easier to understand other people and where they're coming from even if they do something bad to you or like hurtful or something you know you think in their perspective I think I think spirituality and also like being first generation American, having a different, like, I mean, like the, the contrast between like, like your, um, like culture, like your culture from your parents and then the, the American culture, like the it gives you, it gives you, it gives you more perspective. So like, I don't know that along with spirituality has made me, um, just seek peaceful and happy, um, or like, uh, you know the seven, like the, pers the, what is it, 16 personalities? Like it's a personality test. Oh, like the, or the ones where you take like a super long quiz. Yeah, I think this one, I don't know who was developed. There's, I mean, there's def different personality theories, Myers of Briggs, course. is that it? It might be. Yeah, yeah, it might be that like, one. I'm a TMJ, or whatever the letters are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you so mean. So I, okay. I got mediator for that. So it's made me a mediator in like uh -huh. life. Like I'm able to... Um, I don't know, be like the calm, like the eye hurricane. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> so what, um, when you say your, your parents have a certain kind of culture and there's like the standard, like American culture that when you grow up here, what do you feel like are the, the aspects that are different for people that maybe didn't have the kind of culture mm -hmm. you grew up with? So, um, I think like. Well, American culture is an individualist culture, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, most Eastern cultures, Indian culture is, you know, collectivist cultures. So like family is is like the core of everything in, in collectivist cultures, family and community. So bringing those values to the people or, or keeping those values with me, um, and not assimilating too much. I think, I think like, okay, I remember in like middle school, I would always want to like straighten my hair and I wanted to like 
I mean, I've experienced colorism, so I'd want to be like lighter, sort of, and stuff like that. So lighter, like, like your hair? No, skin. Oh, skin. Okay. okay. Yeah, like um, yeah, cause I experienced colorism from my skin. My mom has too. So like, I don't know. I forgot the question, honestly. But like, <laughs> <laughs> just roll with it. <laughs> but like, I think uh, like the the I mean the difference between the cultures is uh, can be tied to individualism versus collective society but like having both of those values like okay i'm i i i value my family so much but i'm also going to do like my own thing you know like okay so my my family would probably like be weirded out that my hair is pink you know mm. in india but i value my family but i don't think like my hair is significant enough to um to be of you know some debate. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Just do it. Oh you yeah, want. but what was I talking about? I was talking about assimilating in middle school. Like it's so easy. I know so many people that like just assimilate or like fully assimilate because they want to fit in, or they don't assimilate at all and then like don't fit in at all, right? And I think I think honestly, like karate has helped me, um, I'm a martial artist, but uh, I think honestly karate has helped me find that middle ground because it just has. <laughs> because there's so many people of like different cultures at the dojo and like uh, karate tournaments and stuff, but I don't know how it connects, but it just has like helped me kind of find middle ground there. I don't know. Oh, but like, yeah, I think, I think that also like comes with age and stuff because I was still like really involved in Isha in middle school and stuff and um uh and spirituality and stuff like that but like you get carried away with like assimilating and like wanting to be like everyone else but then as like I grew up and like I'm in 11th grade now like it, I just don't care as much about what other people think so I'm able to retain my cultural um identity but also like be American. Be American. <laughs> Be American. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, when did you get into karate? Um, I started martial arts. My dad put me in martial arts when I was five. I mean, he put me in everything, but um, I started when I was five. Yeah. Mm. Little dino. <laughs> we call them dinos. I teach at the, our school now, and five and under is dinos. <laughs> They're <Okay>. really cute. <laughs> and then, oh, and then it's dragons after that. <laughs> ah, fancy. Okay. Well, it's evolution, right? <laughs> um, so were dragons before dinos? Well, Komodo dragons are still there, but dinos are dead. No, that's true. But that's the only like dragon I can think of. But like the flying dragons that are where the dragonflies, dragon which flies. apparently I just learned this. Dragonflies are like one of the most efficient predators on the planet. They have like a ninety-five percent success rate. What do they eat? bugs and all kinds of other stuff from uh, they're only that big all the flies which fly. yeah apparently they eat dragonfly. they eat all the stuff that you don't want to eat you which is a good <laughs> thing for me because mosquitoes love me but um anyway way off topic so with the uh, um karate you said you did like tournaments and stuff right how did that yeah, evolve more recently i was really bad at karate most of my life like starting like uh, we had like belt tests right i mean i had to repeat so like more than one belt <laughs> i mean it wasn't that like and a lot of people will get held back because of their like 
they're bad kids, like attitude and like stuff like mm-hmm. that, because that's what like martial arts is about. You have to be disciplined, focused, you have to have self-control and I, karate really instilled those values in me. Cause I like, we used to have a form and I still teach it. That we have to form like goes discipline, self-control, respect, focus. And so, and then at the end it goes, I'm a champion. <laughs> um, but we took the part out cause it's kind of cringy, <laughs> but, um, like just like repeating those values has made me like look back like or when I'm when I'm doing stuff or like when I'm just thinking about life um I or who I am I think about those values like discipline so am I might be was I disciplined enough in this I think I need to work on my on my discipline when it comes to training and stuff mm-hmm. like that but I was really bad at karate but it really um those values stuck with me I think a lot of other sports you don't have that aspect to it like it's it's a like martial arts is a lifestyle like you can quit football but you can't quit being a black belt you know like that's something you are for life but um I think that really appealed to me I also was really shy like karate helped me with that um but yeah I I started I started tournaments far later than a lot of competitors do um I started when I was like 11 but I was or it was like right before I earned my black belt so I started quite late but, um, is it just a, like an optional thing? Yeah. You don't have to compete in mm. martial arts. No, a lot of people don't. Um, so what made you want to do it? I think it, there was this, there was this one instructor that worked at, um, my, my school. Um, uh, and he, I guess I wasn't even that good, but he just like saw potential or something. And he was like, you should try out for our team. And so I did. And, um, and I wasn't good at first. I don't think I won for years. Um, but then, you know, I just stuck to it. There's a lot of people that it came easy to, and they didn't stick with it. So I think that actually helped me like just being bad, (laughs) (laughs) like being poor at things and like, and like persevering, like it, it makes you like, like it more because you only start liking things. Like people don't like fighting until they get good at it. Cause you get hit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you want to get good at it because you don't want to get hit. So it's like a, it's like a constant motivator, but also I just, um, yeah. Last time I saw you, you got like elbowed in the face and you're just like, Oh, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it happens. I recently, I, I was just training and I, uh, I, somebody sweep kicked me and I was out for six weeks with an ankle injury. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I'm just, I just started going fighting again, which is unfortunate because I have a tournament in like four weeks, but I'm fighting women's for the first time or first time. I mean, not the first time, but one of the first times, um, <laughs> fighting up like it usually, I mean, I'm 17. So nice. What was I saying? Oh yeah. Tournaments. Yeah, I started for quite late, and I still don't win a lot, but I hope to in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it. Um, cool. So tell me about your parents and the people that were around you when you were growing up. Mm. Like, how would you describe them? Mm. They're both short. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm short. <laughs> um no, my, my mom's a very artistic person and she's very in touch with emotions, which has taught me to respect my emotions and, and listen to them. And then my dad, uh, well, I'm going to continue talking about my mom and then I'll get to my dad. Okay. okay. Um, and then, um, she's also like, actually both of them, like when they like set their mind to do something, like 
they will do it. Like my dad wanted to learn how to make sambar. And he would call my amama, my mama's mom. You might need to explain what sambar is. Sambar. Um, it's, uh, you explain what sambar is. Oh, uh, exactly. it's a liquidy <laughs> goodness. That's all I can describe. It's kind of like soup. Um, but it has yeah. like, it's like an Indian soup thing that you eat with rice, but you can also like drink it. Um, that's more rasam, but, um. It, you, you eat it with rice and it has like masala and it's 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 delicious it's really good <laughs> like how do you describe sambar <laughs> but anyway he would like call my amama all the time to get her sambar recipe and she would teach him how to cook sambar um and he just decided that he wanted to learn how to make sambar and he did <laughs> and my mom and i mean that's a small scale thing but it reflects on everything they did like um like my mom and the teacher training program like um, she just decided on a whim that she wanted to learn how to become a yoga teacher and she did <laughs> like when they set their mind to things they just do it and that is something that I carry with me because it makes me determined when I when I have a goal that I'll accomplish it so mm. yeah that's a value my my dad is um he he's very like He's, he, he's so caring that that it makes me want to be like him because he, he is so caring and he just, like, he will, I mean, like, when I was driving, for instance, when I was learning how to drive, like, <laughs> he would, he, um, he would, like, I mean, I know how to do a left turn, right? But he would, he would, he would say, make sure you put your, make sure you put your thing, your thing down. Make sure, what's it called? The blinker. Blinker down. <laughs> make sure you put your blinker down. Neha, make sure you look far in the distance. Make, and even when I come home, um, um, now with, okay, like for example, even when I come home, um, uh, all the time, uh, from the dojo, he'll be like, he'll be like, um. Did you make sure, did you make sure to put your turn signal down? Did you make sure to look far in the distance? And I mean, that's a small example, but like, he's with like that with everything. Like, did you make sure you ate this morning? Did you make sure you get enough sleep? And, and did you make sure you put your ankle brace on while fighting today? Did you make sure you put your face shield on or your helmet on? <laughs> so like that, like that sort of, um, deep care for someone that you can have, um, like how, like how you can express that you can exp express it in different ways. Like, like, or it has, it has taught me to, uh, it, it doesn't take a lot to show that you care for someone. You can just ask them how their day was and stuff like that. And it makes a lot of difference. So I think, I think, um, offering such emotional support or just showing such care can ha is something he has taught me. And I do that for, and I try to do that for a lot of people now. Mm. Okay, I, I know they're right there, so it's okay if you don't answer. <laughs> uh, what is the most difficult thing about growing up with your parents? Mm. They're a little restrictive of, uh, uh, as I'm growing older, not when I was younger, but of like, like letting me decide certain things or like choose to do certain things for example small example this morning i was i was leaving to go train okay i was leaving to go train and i was i was gonna make myself a sandwich but i was like okay i'll make the sandwich it's fine um and i was like okay and but he's really slow at making a sandwich <laughs> and 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 i was like i need to go <laughs> and 
so I was like, and he was like, you can't eat in the car. You can't eat while driving. Okay, fine. So I <laughs> was eating on, at the dining table. And then he was like, you have to eat this kiwi now. <laughs> he cut a kiwi. He's like, you have to eat this kiwi now. I'm like, I don't want a kiwi. And then we got into an argument over a kiwi. Like, you don't have to make me eat a kiwi. <laughs> okay, but that's like small scale. <laughs> There's like, like, you can, like, that applies to other things sometimes too but i mean the and and yeah yeah fair enough but also like um no i'm, I'm not gonna just complain on my parents <laughs> i have really good parents they're perfect <laughs> oh they're not sitting right there <laughs> <laughs> no they're pretty i'm so grateful i'm so grateful um yeah, I mean, everyone has, like, small problems with their parents, but I'm, and they're very, like, um, the amount of love and the amount of, um, I mean, just everything that they've given me is surmounts them being a little overprotective. <laughs> That's true for any relationship. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so another one that Stella gave you don't want to answer. What is the most difficult thing you've had to overcome? <clears throat> I think, um, I think, I don't know, um, the most difficult thing I've had to overcome, I've had a life of privilege, but I think, um, just feeling like an outsider, like the anxiety that comes with being different and, yeah. In what way? I mean, I mean, triple minority. Triple minority. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not triple minority. Um, triple. Like what are the three? I'll tell. I'll tell two of them. Okay. Okay, I'm from. <laughs> um, female, like in terms of like, and that's not a minority, obviously, but like, peg down, and then also like three of them. Um, minority group in general, like race in America, um, and then dark skin, <laughs> and then there's a fourth, but I won't say that one. <laughs> oh, so dark skin on top of being poor oh, as yeah. a thing. Okay. Big boo. <laughs> <laughs> Big boo. To some people. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, didn't... it was worse for my mom, because she was in India, and the color colorism there is like, um, <laughs> very much bad colorism, but I mean, it's here too. Yeah. yeah. Colonial it... mindset. It always blew my mind when I was traveling in Southeast Asia, when we go in the, um, like the little shops and stuff and you'd see like whitening creams and stuff. And I was like, why? This skin burns. No, I mean, you don't want this. The, it's the colonial, like, imposite, like colonial mind. Like, okay, the, the lighter you were, the more you were like the British, the more privileged you, privilege you had, the better you were. Right. I mean, I get it, but like, practically speaking. Shop was well, like, what's practical in this world? Uh, Legos. <laughs> Legos. I don't know. Why do they hurt when you step on them? <laughs> when you step on them. <laughs> I mean, that way you know they're there. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because Shrav and I went to Bali and uh, 
we were on the beach or something and I got pretty sunburned and it didn't occur to her about like skin peeling, but that's a thing. And she's like, Oh, you're like a snake. <laughs> that's what she said. Okay. But like, also like, I didn't know until I was like, a, not that long ago that you're supposed to wear SPF even, even if you have dark skin, like nobody told me that. Now am I going to get skin cancer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nobody told me that. <laughs> Just wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. I, I you're would... supposed to wear SPF even if you have dark skin. Yeah. Well, don't be like me. I was lifeguarding when I was your age and I didn't wear sunscreen at all because I would mostly just tan. So it wasn't a big deal. Uh, but, uh, definitely like I could tell if I look back at the photos, like that period kind of aged my skin. a lot. <laughs> Oops. Anyway. Um, so, okay. What else about your, um, childhood in terms of like were there any other teachers or people that helped make you think differently? Um, yeah, I think, um, my, my first and second grade teacher, um, I think it was really cool that I had an Indian teacher first and second grade. Really? Yeah, I actually, in Georgia. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, it, it's what's the the stereotype threat it's like a psychological thing when like what when you're on like on tests like if if it's only like like white people names um <laughs> you're more like that actually creates bias like or like makes you you less, mean like part of the word problems or yeah something? like it actually like may in like a slight way gives people an advantage the same thing if like your proctor is a, a girl versus a boy like um it, it gives one advantage. So like having a teacher that like a representation does matter. Like, so having a teacher that was Indian first and second grade, like, I think that had such a big impact on me and people don't realize that like, yeah, I mean, cause like she understood me, you know, like she understood who I was and how I felt and stuff like that. She made me really confident. Like, um, she was really strict too. I mean, that's a stereotype. Still Indian. It's <laughs> a stereotype. But she was really strict, but she was also like, I don't know, she's so understanding. And I think, yeah. Could you give an example of like a way in which, because uh, she got you, okay, something so, should be different? So um, it was really common for me to get made fun of for my food, right? Your food? I, yeah. Oh, I'd like at lunch or something? I'd bring my like Indian food. Mm. Like, what is that? I mean, I remember even in middle school, people would call like, the Indian kids curry munchers, <laughs> which is funny, but so rude, right? Curry munchers. Like if I called myself that, that's funny. But like if some random white dude calls me that, it's like, what? <laughs> like, why are you saying that? It's just curry. <laughs> but like, oh, and they make like, they make jokes about how like brown people's houses smell weird and stuff like that. You know, that kind of stuff gets to you. But like, she didn't like, like she would call people out when they made fun of my food. In, in elementary school and stuff like that. Mm. Also, this is kind of embarrassing, but I was really bad at eating with a spoon. Because <laughs> growing up when I was younger, I would I would eat with my hand. It's like, that's the culture, right? It's so, the best spoon you got. I know. And, but like, I mean, I didn't know I could do that at school, but I mean, I didn't do it at school. So I would spill my food a lot. I mean, I was in kindergarten, first grade. I would spill my food on the ground a lot and like, uh, made like I, she would she would understand that you know like my my kindergarten teacher maybe didn't understand that. she'd be like stop spilling your food but like she understood <laughs> mm. I told her and she understood that's cool 
Did you guys have the like plastic bags of milk? In India? No, no, in school, like here. No. Oh, well, that was a thing when I was a kid. They gave you just like a floppy plastic bag full of milk (laughs) and you had a straw that you had to stab it with. What? (laughs) It was a terrible thing to give kids because, you know, they're just going to smash it because they're like that. The only thing I can think of is like Capri Sun. Exactly. But imagine like the part that you stab with the straw is the whole thing. So you just stab it wherever you want. It would just like flop over. It was, it was horrible. Why would they do that? It's like the cheapest way to make this. Well, I'm glad you didn't have to suffer through that at least. Yeah. I'm sure you had much better food. Those kids just didn't know what curry tastes like. Yeah. No, they didn't. You PB and J. Yeah. Right. Like fool. You wish you're just jealous. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, uh, what else, uh, are like your interests or hobbies or mm-hmm. sports or whatever? Well, I, I do classical Indian music. I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played, um, I played tennis for a lot of, um, a lot of time along with karate, but I have shifted to focus more on karate, but I did play, I played tennis for school for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of classical music, because you said you also played like violin and some other mm-hmm. stuff, right? So, um, if someone doesn't know what that, like, what's different about it? Okay, so classical music in India, there's two different styles. There's Hindustani and there's Carnatic, and actually a lot of um, a lot of uh, the the Western music, like the system, is scales or everything it, it originates from eastern music and like carnatic and hindustani like classical indian music um and there's a lot of similarities as well but um yeah there's it's, it's very similar it's just different like styles there's different scales um it's it's structured a little differently but like you can play like for instance you can play western violin like this and then the east like the Indian classical violins played down like this mm-hmm. and, and you, there's different notes and stuff. And, but yeah. I have a friend that plays both. She plays Western violin and she plays. Like, why do, why is that down? Does it make a big just, difference? It was just the style. That's just how it's played. I don't know. Mm. Um, Seems more comfortable. Is it? I know, right? Cause for the, for the Western violin, you got to put it under your chin and everything. Mm. Um, would you would you mind singing like a small bit? Because your voice is like heavenly; okay, so it really is. Usually for for um, for Indian classical or like for Carnatic music, we have like a little shruti box. So if I'm off key a little, don't mind me. <laughs> they won't know unless they know. <laughs> in which case, they'll get it. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a like a uh, a mini solo thing. Um, mm. with like three songs in like August but this one this one of the songs that I'm singing first was my grandmother's favorite it's about the the Lissy tree what's um, the Lissy tree it's uh I don't know it's like very it's Indian basil oh okay okay yeah and it's like Shiva's Shiva's was it Shiva's uh one of a tree auspicious to him right they do like pray in the morning. My mom goes around Tulsi tree every mm-hmm. morning three times. I don't know about Shiva's connection to it. There's there's some connection. I forgot what it was, but yeah. um, my amama like loved this song before she passed away, and um, but yeah, it goes. <laughs> 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 
too good now <laughs> it was a little shaky <laughs> no but the the tone in your voice i it's it's just too good Thank you. Mm-hmm. i i always wanted to sing when i was uh much younger and it took me a long time because I, I think somebody told me i had like they didn't like my voice when i was young I that. and from that point on, it became very difficult and I never practiced, you know, mm. so I never developed it. And it wasn't until college where I, went, I actually joined a chorus class because I was like, I'm fixing this. I want to <laughs> be able to at least sing okay. <laughs> and, but yeah, that was just... I don't think it matters how you sing if you find joy in it. Like... But I'd like to be on key, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it helps for other people's ears. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just saying like in general, like my mom sings very she sings very off key but she enjoys it so much and she sings with me and it's so lovely (laughs) (laughs) um cool well thank you um let's talk about what do you oh okay your mom went for the teacher training for a while right um, how was that? Cause that's 21 weeks. That's, oh yeah. It's a long time. It was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst, but I was happy for her, but it was the worst. Cause I mean, I was having like middle school, mini existential crisis. I was like, what is wrong with the universe? <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's so big. I'm so insignificant. What am I going to do? Oblivion, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> but I was having that. And then also, I mean, like there was, I was like, I remember I cried like three times in my math class. It was so bad. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> like, why was I crying in math class? I don't know. Um, These numbers are so good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like math now. It's just that, that like, I have an aversion to it from that. <laughs> um, I don't like math. Um, PTSD. <laughs> what? You have PTSD instead oh. of PTSD. <laughs> that was corny. <laughs> Bad joke. Okay. 
But um, no, it was it was it was hard. Um, but it was worse because like you know I've talked about my mama like three times already. But she she and I were super close, and um, she passed away in the time that my mom was um, gone. And mm-hmm. because my so my grandparents were here at the time. My not my mom's side, my dad's side. Um, they were here at that time, and I was like ten years old. I don't know. I don't know how old I was. Twelve. I don't know. And, um, so, uh, I, they didn't want me to go, like, international flight, but I really wanted to go, like, closure, all of that, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to go, and I was not able to, because my dad had to be here with my grandparents, and he couldn't take me, um, to go there, so I was here, and my mom went to my mom's funeral. So like I was sad and I was jealous of her and I would, or not jealous, but like I was like angry that I, or upset that I couldn't go and she got to. Um, so there was that. So it was like, uh, it was a, a little resentment, but also it was so like, cause our, our connection to my mom was similar, right? Cause daughter, granddaughter, whatever. Um, so it would, it would have been nice to grieve with her. Um, but other, I mean, that that's what made it harder. I think I would have, it would have been easier if that didn't happen. But that made it harder. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lovely, lovely feeling when she came back, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because she let she left. I, I went to Isha summer camp the week that she left. So I didn't say. I mean, I said bye to her at the ashram, uh-huh. <laughs> at the Tennessee ashram. <laughs> what is uh? Tell me about the um, Isha summer camp. Oh, What's so, that like? Oh, childhood, bright spot. <laughs> okay. Every year, it was so lovely. Um, it, it was the best experience. So basically, it's like a one week long camp in the Tennessee ashram, like yoga center, um, and uh, and it's just kids and must and not the parents and everything and. Um, it, it's like a normal summer camp, except um, in a spiritually charged place with, and you're learning yoga every day. Um, so that's, I mean, I started learning yoga when I was seven years old. So, um, and I mean, that's like started a spiritual journey for me. Uh, other than like seeing my parents do it at home, um, spirit, like truly like my own journey started when I was seven. Hmm. So I'm very young age, and and I mean, other than that, it was a normal summer camp with, uh, but better, <laughs> because um, I mean, we would we would wake up, but we would wake up really early with the drums, and we would wake up at five o'clock, go shower and everything, and then we do our yoga, and then we eat, and then we would do all the day's activities, and then we do our yoga again. Like um, uh, day's activities would include like hiking, and um, we made tie dye shirts, we. We did like, oh, and we, um, we did like, uh, we had like dance parties. We did like a festival thing. We had like a, um, one year we had a Diwali, one year we had a, I don't remember. It was like a, I think it was like an African, I forgot what it was. It was like an African, um, festival and yeah, we had like holy one. Oh, we had like a we had like a water balloon. It was just a normal camp, but a super fun, fond experience. And I, I I got to participate in the camp for several years. But it was it was cool because I got to volunteer after that as a child volunteer, and it was really fun. Mm. What would they have you do? 
as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. We would set up the halls. Um, I mean, it's a big setup because it's like 70 kids, so you'd have to do the things. And, um, we would set up the, um, we would help out with the dining. Um, not the cooking part, but we would help set up dining and stuff. Um, we would wake up, yeah. Oh, I got, when I was a volunteer, I got to do my practices in the Aliyam instead of the Mahima Hall, which was really cool because it had been built by then. So I would wake up earlier and I went and did it in the Aliyam. It was really, I mean, everyone didn't do that, but I just, it was really cool. Just wanted to. Yeah. I just wanted to. Why would you not want to? <laughs> it was so powerful. Um, and then what else did we do as volunteers? I don't remember. It was like two years ago. Uh, uh, in case you don't know, the Aliyam and Mahima are two of these like halls. Mahima's probably one of my favorite spaces in the world because it's a giant dome. Echo. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go on, I go just to, just to let it <laughs> bounce around. <laughs> It's fun. I mean, when I first went to camp, I was seven, and Mahima was not completed. Like, it was, like, the, the walls, no walls on the sides, and the, the top was open, and not the whole top, but <laughs> the little circle at the top, and it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not how it was now, but, like, even, yeah. Yeah, the, it was, the dining hall was smaller, and it's cut off. It didn't have the windows on it. Mm. It was cool. <laughs> I think I feel like I feel like I've seen the ashram progress a lot because I mean, I I was there. Was I in the camp during uh, uh, not the camp? But I my, my parents helped with the Mahima construction, or sort of helped with it. I don't know. Well, yeah, they volunteered with the for the construction. And I was just there, and they had like a little camp for like the two year olds. And I was a two. I was two years old. That's when I first met Sadhguru. I was two. Oh. <laughs> I met. I'm, oh, funny story. Okay, so do they know Sadhguru? Uh, I mean, just you can give an introduction in case they don't. Okay, so he's a spiritual leader, um, uh, enlightened person, mystic, um, and very beautiful aura. Um, and he, um, so he's like founder of the Isha Foundation and everything. Um, and uh, so I first I first got to meet him when I was like two years old. My parents were helping with the Mahima thing and my mom, I was two years old so my mom came to give me a bath <laughs> gave to give me a shower and they they were they were like people at the little daycare were like oh Sadhguru's coming and so she just wrapped me in a little towel and she pushed me up there and I met Sadhguru in a towel <laughs> perfect I, I think I, I think I remember it I kind of remember it maybe it's you know when you like uh, your memory like adapts based yeah. on what your parents tell you and what people tell you like so uh, maybe i even if i don't remember it i have a picture in my head of what happened yeah because you hear the story so much not that much but like I, i've heard it from yeah, maybe i have heard it a lot but i feel like i remember it because i remember those showers mm. that's cool <laughs> well that's good if you remember it too yeah my earliest memories like i was in the in a crib and this was probably the time when my mom was trying to get me to like sleep on my own so she could actually sleep. <laughs> and so she just left me in there. But I was like, I, I remember these like bars and I was like, I'm in prison. I have to get out. <laughs> so you actually laughed out loud looking at me, huh? Yeah. Because I was in a towel and dripping wet. <laughs> and, like... and he just uh, did like that. <laughs> I rem See, I remember that. I think I do. <laughs> Maybe I don't. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, okay. Just throughout your life, what's your favorite memory? 
That's a lot of memories. I mean, okay, top five. Let me think. I don't know. Top five. <laughs> Whatever you want. Okay. Top two. Um, so hard. Whatever me. comes to your mind first. Okay. Um, when I earned my black belt. When you got your black belt. Ooh. Yeah, big moment. What What's the test like? How do you? Oh, very brutal. Most black belt tests are very brutal. Um, like like physically draining. They beat you. Or you had to break enough boards, or like how's it work? Uh, it's like it depends on the school, but mine was like three, four hours. Oh. Again, but I know schools where it's more than one day, like three day tests. But mine was like three, four hours. First, you run a mile, and then you have to do a ton of push ups and sit ups and exercises and physical fitness stuff. Mm. And then you have to do the curriculum stuff. So your kicks, your forms, your um, your punches, your self-defense. Self-defense section is strenuous. You're, oh, so you have to do power kicks and basic kicks, and forms and combinations, all of your curriculum stuff, which wears you out because it's long. Um, and then you have to do the self-defense portion and it's like grown adults mm -hmm. attacking you. <laughs> 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 so that it's hard. Um, and then you have to fight a gauntlet at the very end, like 10 adult men um, or women. Um, What's the it was gauntlet? just men on my test, but it, it's like a bunch of people like that you have once? to fight. Like all at once or in a row? Like in a row. And, oh. <laughs> all at once. Some like Jackie Chan thing. No. Um, in a row, but they kind of, they just push you to the ground. They step on you and they sit on you and they punch you. <laughs> they sit you. on you? Yeah, like they'll like, you know, like ground fighting. Oh, okay, okay. But they'll just like, <laughs> they'll just put their foot on you and they'll like punch you and you're like dead by the end of it. <laughs> but I mean, I sit on the panel for the test now where like, like your test. You're, you're one of the gauntlet people? Yeah, I have been. It's awful still from that side too. Cause I'm still, the, the kids are like, oh, this is my chance. <laughs> Cause I'm smaller. <laughs> it's a nice little break. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I usually, oh, slam. Just kidding. Um, no, your job on the, like, but see, like, it's weird. Cause I'm seeing it from the other perspective now. Like, okay, I was there and then I'm here. Right. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm judging you <laughs> no but like it's just like it's it's do you ever think about how like you like live like the same thing from two different perspectives mm. like i'm do, i'm watching the test and i took the test five years ago six years ago it yeah it's crazy mm. yeah i know what you mean it's a little bit like that when we because they do the teacher training every year so the few times we got to go back and volunteer you watching people go through what we went through and it's yeah. like oh I get it. <laughs> yeah, like same thing with me volunteering for Isha summer camp. Like, oh, that was my my first time doing that. I was excited. Mm -hmm. So this uh, black belt, like, what was the like that moment that was like what made it so great? I think it was the first thing I really achieved. Um, I was eleven years old. You got it at eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that failed. is that common? Yeah, kids start quite early. I started when I was five, so it took me six years. Mm -hmm. um, and I failed, like, the belt before black belt four times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I failed it a lot. And you have a test for that one, too. But on the black belt test, 
yeah you have to know all your techniques and stuff but that you, if you just know your tech like techniques it might not be if you like give up you, you won't get your black belt you know what i'm saying like if you it's about they don't necessarily look at least on my test for technique because you've already tested for that but they look for like oh is this person ready to be black belt so yeah on my test yeah it was my first accomplishment ever um yeah mm. quite a cool feeling to accomplish something that you really care about. It just it's different, like, oh, I got an A on the test. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, like, now I do, but when I was younger, I didn't care, like, about that. I, it, I cared about karate. And that actually, I mean, my journey in martial arts really started once I got my black belt. Until that, I was just learning the basics and everything, but my journey as a martial artist started when I was a black, got my black belt. Mm-hmm. And, so, and obviously... I mean, not obviously, but martial arts is a huge part of my life. Yeah. Um, what's the most interesting or unexpe- unexpected situation that happened with a stranger? With a stranger? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was on my way home from a, I don't know if this is the most, but this is just what popped into my head. I was on my way home from a, um, from a tournament and I just ended up sitting there on the plane next to um an M- like an MMA dude. And yep. we just talked the whole time about martial arts. It was so weird. Um <laughs> that I, like he saw my gear bag and he's like, "Oh, what's that for?" And we were like separated on the plane because it was like what Southwest or something. <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah, we, it was crazy. Um I don't remember the details, but I was, I just told him about my tournament. That was a tournament where I, I gave a girl a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him about that, and he, I showed him the video, and it was so. And he showed me his like MMA videos. It was so cool. Like how random is that? Like you just meet someone that like I don't know. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's because you gave somebody a concussion. It's funny. <laughs> I didn't mean to. But... Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a com- it's a competition, right? It happens. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be like uh, it's not full contact point. At least what I do, point fighting. It's a style of sport, martial arts. It is not not full contact like boxing. It's not a knockout sport. It's mm. about speed and uh, yeah, who gets there first? It's a glorified game of tag. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Okay. <laughs> um. So. You're, you said you're in your junior year, right? Mm -hmm. 11th grade. So what are you looking forward to uh, after you graduate? Mm. Well, I first, like, I'm I'm looking forward to um, uh, popping the bubble. Yeah? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. And I have a lot of perspective because, uh, like, worldly perspective because i've traveled to india several times but i i want to see what it's like in other places so i'm looking forward to that i mean you, you travel a lot you know that's it that's something you wanted to do all the time yeah when i when i was like 13 i think i remember um this was before we had so many options so it was just whatever was on tv at the mm-hmm pre-scheduled guide <laughs> Disney Channel yeah there was a I don't know if it's Disney but it, I think there was a movie it was probably like 
a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie that I was watching with my sisters or something, but they went to Australia and then there was this girl in the, um, in the movie who had like dark curly hair. And I was like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think I just thought she was cute and I wanted to go to Australia from that (laughs) moment on. And that was what I told my mom when I graduated high school. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to go. It it shifted to Hawaii at one point, but that was like the beginning of that drive to Mm -hmm. want to travel. Yeah. just, it's, I think it's so like, I just want to see other people and other even like environments like different trees i love trees <laughs> i talk about trees a lot <laughs> i mean they're fascinating i won't know their names i just like will sit next to a tree and just just be with it yeah i love trees Do you, um there's a, a tree i really want it's actually in australia that i really want to see called the ice cream bean tree did i tell you about that so it has this oh, wait no i think you did maybe maybe i don't it's know it's one with the big brown pea pod and when you pop it open it's got the fruit that tastes like ice cream yeah i think you did tell me about that i want that so bad <laughs> there was something kind of like it in peru when i was there i've oh i've forgotten the name of it that makes me really sad but it it looks like a long like two or three foot not that long maybe two foot cactus finger looking thing Kind of like, mm. what's the one in India that hangs from the tree and it's super long? I told you I don't need. Do you know what I'm Maybe. Wait, it's it's like this long, yeah. Yeah, snake gourd. Snake gourd. What is it? But, but imagine it being like about this big around. Mm. Like, if, like two inches. It tastes like ice cream? Yeah, when you pop it open, it's got these big white ones with long black seeds in the middle. And you just eat. And it was so cheap. I mean, it was like two soles. I think... That's like 70 cents or something like that. And you just get them on the side of the road in the middle of wherever in Peru. It was the best fruit I've ever had. It was so good. Mm. Love fruits. Um, Anyway, so you want to go travel and pop the bubble. Pop the bubble. I mean, I want to go to college outside of Georgia. Um, Again, privilege. So privileged. Like, it is so expensive. I'm very privileged. Um, but, yeah. I yeah, I want to go to college outside of Georgia. And, I mean, I don't know exactly what I want to study, but um, like I have, like, a top three. Okay. What are the top <laughs> um, three? Uh, political science, um, environmental studies, um, and then, like, probably not, but, like, education. Because I... I mean, I probably would minor education because I just love teaching. Not a, I mean, with political science or anything with the environment, teaching is probably going to be part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, um, if, if I do go into, like, politics, I mean, I, I don't think I would want to be, like, a politician. A politician because, like, I can't handle that many people. Like, I'm so scared of people hating me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't care what, like, people think about my hair. But, like, I'm scared people, like, hate me as a being. You know, you see how, I mean, I, like, if you go on Twitter, do you have Twitter? No. Okay, if you go on Twitter and you go on any, like, representatives, like, whatever they say, for instance, Ilhan Omar, she's Mm -hmm. a Minnesota, Minnesota, um, and, I mean, I think she's lovely, but, um, there are people who are, like, go back to your country, blah, 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 blah. I can't handle that. (laughs) And they hate on her so much. Yeah, it takes some kind of drive to want to put yourself in that position. I definitely, like, I don't think I'd want to be... I make jokes. I'll be like, 
wait till I'm president, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get president for like a school club. And I really wanted to be president because I love that club. It's a, um, it's called FCCLA. I don't know. What is that? Um, Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America. And it's for like, in my school, it's for like the teaching and culinary pathway. In my school, we have pathways. And I did the education, like teaching pathway. Um, and I, I mean, I, my love for teaching comes from teaching karate, but also from learning about it. Um, and then also my mom, you could teach. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been part of that club since freshman year or whatever. And, uh, you know, club officers and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to really try to be president this year. And I didn't get it. Um, and I was upset. But it's, I mean, it's okay because I... I the person who did get president is very good and she I think she'll do a good job but anyway um my way of coping was like I told everyone that's okay they'll regret it when I'm president one day <laughs> of the country <laughs> but yeah no I don't think I want to go into being a representative but I would like to work towards um either environmental or education issues because there's so many issues so like a while back uh, a friend of mine was a substitute teacher and he whatever school he was at they were doing some like school-wide presentation so all the kids did a bunch of like little what's it called where you have the little trifold yeah but like the big one and you make a whole diagram on it and make a presentation Trifold. Okay, a trifold. Sure. It's been a while. <laughs> anyway. Well, so, what's the small one? Like a pamphlet. Yeah, it's a trifold. trifold. Okay. It like folds a... three ways. It's fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like the trifold post? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, all the kids had these up and uh, I was just blown away because the level of understanding and like just caring about these kind of things, whether it's environmental or whatever that's there now, or at least at that time versus when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, no one knew who any of the representatives were. We barely knew who the president was. Like it was like that because yeah. there was no internet. I mean, there was there, but it wasn't, it was like random little games and stuff. Saying you're old. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. In internet, in internet terms. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, it was really, really cool. So my question to you is, because it seems like these are things you care about as well. What is like, what kind of things are important to you? Mm, I've been uh, immersed in environmentalism since second grade. Um, I think it started when my, there was this like teacher. Uh, it was like a, you know, you have like specials teacher or like, like PE and stuff. Like mm -hmm. we had like a, like a science guy um, named Mr. Kendall. I think. Um, Shout out. <laughs> he was kind of old. Oh, maybe you won't hear like, that. Maybe. I don't know. I just, that's a dark thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> oops. Um, okay, shout out. Oops. Just in case. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, um, um, he read us this book called 50 Ways to Recycle. Mm. And that's when it started. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing that that's what it started with. Like he just would read a page every day about 50 ways you can recycle or conserve energy um, or whatever. And that's when I became fascinated with like um, environmental issues and, um, and, and, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, 
it, it, it started small, like uh, my parents, we started recycling in our house because of that. Then it became composting. And then for my ninth, 10th, 11th birthday, we did um, a highway and a road cleanup. Road oh, really? Cycle. Yeah. That was my birthday party. Jan- January. <laughs> I made all my friends come out in the, in, <laughs> at eight in the morning <laughs> and clean up a road with me. Um, but that was my birthday. And then. How'd that go? Did they like it? Um, I don't know. That's my birthday. <laughs> what I want. <laughs> oh my god, I remember this like one time. One of my friends, she was like, you know, this doesn't matter. <laughs> she was like, she was like, you know, it's not gonna make a difference. Like, why are you even doing this? <laughs> and I was, I cried. I was like, oh my gosh, it does make a difference. <laughs> I was like ten. Um, but like um, more recently, I've been getting. Um, like, uh, I mean, uh, my, uh, the activism is constant education uh, or like constantly educating yourself and, and learning more. Um, I mean, and, and obviously it started for me when I was like very young, my activism and environmentalism, but, and it started on a home level and then my friends, I inspired, like trying to get them more involved in the environmental movement, but like, um, more recently I've been learning about intersectional environmentalism and like the intersection between climate justice and, um, I'm sorry, climate, uh, change and, um, social justice and how, um, how like those issues intersect and how an an environmental racism is a serious thing and that climate change is a, is a, uh, human rights issue even in, including, in addition to a, you know, like a, a scientific issue, you know, um, and I've been learning more about that. And I think that's where my, um, my, like, and I, I started getting, in, I mean, like, um, my parents have instilled, like, care, like carrying it within me. And a lot of people will be like, like people that I talk to <laughs> on like, my friends and stuff, they'll, they'll be like, it, it, it won't, it doesn't matter and nothing's going to change and, and all of that. But like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, and stuff like that. But you, you can't stop caring just because like nothing's happening right now. Right. Like if nobody cares, what's going to happen? <laughs> not with that attitude, it's not going to change. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I, I intersect like looking at environmentalism through an intersectional lens has been so mind-blowing to me because i mean it um just learning about how social issues connect with everything you know like education connects to climate justice education can i think education is the root of a lot of things but education connects to um like like uh gender inequality education connects to racial inequality education connects to everything (laughs) and learning about how like all these different issues that i was individually concerned about like education starting from like middle school and and the climate starting from elementary elementary school and um and uh you know like other more things but um and like uh what's it um like um LGBTQ rights, like learning about that and all of that one. I, I don't know when that started for me, but like just learning how they're all connected. Like this past year, I've been really immersed in environmentalism, sorry, not environmentalism, intersectionality. And just learning about all of that has just 
<laughs> change, change the way I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. The last time I heard of anything intersexual was intersectional feminism, I think. Someone was explaining that. You're not a feminist if you're not an intersectional feminist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, then I guess if you looking in like the future, what's because you've got your whole life ahead of you, right? So all these things are going to be, uh, more and more impacting you. So what do you feel from your perspective is like the most important for us to be focusing on right now? Or what would, maybe a better question is, what would you like to see people caring more about? That's a tough question because, as I said, everything's intersectional. I think, I do, I think, I think people need to be, and open-mindedness is something that is growing, but I think people need to be uh, more willing to criticize um, the current structures <clears throat> Capitalism. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where it, it starts. Like being able to criticize capitalism and understand that it's the root of a lot of these issues. Mm, okay. So, from your life, if there was a, a lesson you would want to pass on to other people somehow, what would that be? Hmm. My life, a lesson I want to pass to people. Or just a message, even. I think I'm really good at coming up with, um, like, this inspirational quote. Yeah. But I come up with them, like, based on what I'm feeling sometimes, just because I'm a linguistic person. So, like, making fun phrases out of things just makes me feel better. One of them that um, I, I say a lot is that the, the fear of judgment is worse than judgment itself. You know, you shouldn't be afraid to be who you are. You shouldn't be afraid to, um, to challenge things. Like, um, I think, uh, because, because it's worse if you don't say it, you know, like, um, uh, like sometimes people I know will say microaggressions or, or, um, or like even family will say colorist things and you know, you're not supposed to say anything, you know, just let them say it. No, you have to say it. You know, you shouldn't be afraid of them judging you as like someone who creates arguments or whatever. No, you should, you should say it because otherwise they're not going to know, right? You shouldn't be afraid to express yourself over like the fear of judgment or the fear of rep like being um, reprimanded or, you know, the not saying it, it is worse, you know, cause yeah, the fear of judgment is worse than judgment itself. So that's what I would say because I, yeah, because it, not speaking about the things you care about and not speaking about like it, it can, it can apply to even like things that happen to you, you know, like if you don't speak about something that bothers you, then you're going to con continue getting hurt. It doesn't matter if people think that you are too sensitive because you're going to continue to get hurt if you don't say anything. 
I'm not gonna like be a, like okay so uh getting fun of may made fun of for my food I should have said something you know but I mean I mean I was, I was like, like first grade I was like first grade <laughs> but like okay similar example like uh middle school I was uh from my own friends like um called a black bean <laughs> a black bean a black bean because okay I was at Six Flags okay and Amusement park. Six Flags. Um, I love Six Flags. But somebody came up to me and... Or not didn't come up to me. They were in front of, like, behind us in line or something. And they were like, oh, we don't want to stand next to this person. Dark, whatever. Um, and dark, like, they're black. Like they said that to you? No, they just said it. My friends heard it. I, I didn't hear it. It was. I don't remember exactly what happened, but they thought I was black. And... It's very interesting to be racially profiled for your not your race. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, like, oh, if you weren't black, they'd be fine. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But my friends thought it was funny. Like, it's not funny, but they thought it was funny, and they made a joke about me being black for as if that's an insult. First of all, but made a joke about me being black for two years. Two years, and I didn't say anything because I was like, they're going to think I'm sensitive. They're going to think I'm, they're going to judge me or whatever. So um, you're going to think that you have a problem with something like that? Yeah, like, I don't know, like, I being a pushover or whatever. Um, and, um, like, that's something, like, from the end, I stood up my, for myself after two years. Because they, they said it as an insult, you know, they were like, I mean, I'm not going to say, but like, <laughs> but I stood up for myself after two years and they were like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We didn't know you felt that way. Like the fear of me saying that, like my fear of confronting them was far worse because I had to deal with it for two years when I could have just said something and it would have been fine. Mm. And they would have learned that that was wrong <laughs> far earlier. And maybe they wouldn't have treated other people that way. So yeah. yeah, the fear of judgment is far worse than judgment itself. I like that. I, I think about that sometimes, like those moments when that fear is coming and you're like, ah, uh, do I say something? Do I not? And then you realize like, okay, they're probably doing this to other people too. Yeah. And they might not know. Mm. And I've definitely said things that uh, I feel like hurt people. Especially thinking back, I'm like, wow, that was a really not great thing to do. <laughs> and so I wish someone had said something. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And, and, and if you, like, you can apply that to just, like, it doesn't have to be your interactions with people. It can just be, like, the things you do, like, um, uh, like, I would love to wear or a, uh, like a langavoni to, or like a traditional Indian dress to prom. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because I'm afraid of judgment. No, but do it. I know, but like I should, but will I? I don't know. The fear of judgment is worse than judgment itself. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to. You just set it on, on camera. Well, like... I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, but like it'll. I mean, I can't make that decision. It's like a year, a year later. But like that would be cool. But you know, I mean, it, judgment is so restrictive. You know, like or your fear of judgment is restrictive because yeah. Anyway, mm. it can and it can like it took me. Oh, it took Amma a long time to let me draw up to 
uh, dye my hair. Right? She t- I was like, can I please dye my hair for like three years? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if she was afraid of other people's judgment, but I mean, uh, that's like a, like a thing, like a problem in like a lot of like, not, I mean, the hair is insignificant, but, um, but like, that's like a, a, a problem in a lot of even like families because they'll be like, or they'll be like, um, what will other people think if you do this? You know, it's like mm. a, it's like a manipulative thing that a lot of people do, you know? So. Yeah. I've noticed that in just some families that I've been around, especially traveling around, it's uh, very prevalent in Southeast Asia that a, concern the, about what will the other people in the society think. And it, it made me sad when I started seeing it because I noticed how much people are holding themselves back from yeah. doing things that they would probably like to do. See, that's where you go back to individualist versus collective cultures. There's pros and cons to both. And mm-hmm. that happens to be a negative aspect of collectivist society or collective society. Collectivist. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, when I was in Bali, uh, Shrav and I, through another friend, we ended up meeting uh, a prince of Bali, like one of the princes. Uh, his name is Bapak, which is like, basically means, I think, father, right? No, his name is not father, but everybody calls him. They call him Bapak. Which is father in their yeah. language. I, I forget his name. When because I think they Prince, do. I think like, very young. Oh, this isn't Disney Prince. This is like, <laughs> this is yeah, like. Yeah, but then I think like Prince Philip. Oh, no. He's way cooler than that. This guy, I mean, he's the most masculine not in like a macho way but like he just smokes he plays pool if you go to the place he built this huge um he went to architecture school in australia and was an architect for like 15 years and then he came back to bali at one point because of whatever reasons and his place is like feels very masculine i mean it's got like big pieces of wood made in tables like he handmade and all the the way he's constructed all the little homes and stuff they're very dark and earth and root there's it's not as uh, i don't know i i don't mean that as like a negative thing it's just it definitely leans more on the masculine side in terms of design aesthetic and um he's very interesting though like he'll just go to the market by by himself and buy groceries for the little restaurant they have and he took us with us once and so everyone just knows him but i don't know it was a very fascinating thing but anyway the point of that was that um through that relationship i was asking him like about the culture in bali because he'd have such a different understanding than a lot of other people we met and uh one thing that um he's saying is like the culture in bali is very much a festival thing i mean even more than india they celebrate i swear they're on holiday half the year like <laughs> they're just celebrating something or other it's always in the streets they're just doing it, should be. it was cool but the downside the downside is the social aspect because people um have this problem where they you know you have to make an offering at the festival and your offering can't be smaller than your neighbors like it has to be equal but Mm. you can't afford it so people are taking out loans and like leasing out their land to try and do stuff and so they end up going in debt which is a very sad thing (laughs) but uh, just a reality Mm. so it it just kind of really blew my mind but honestly even here if you think about like especially in suburbia we've got a lot of like keep up with the joneses and trying to Mm -hmm. 
uh, even have the right car and the, uh, whatever. The, the downside of the, uh, the quest for constant growth. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, I always want more. Yeah. You know? Oh, you have one car. I want two cars. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me, uh, if you would, what is, like, when you think of yourself in five years, what do you, what would you just like your life to look like? Mm. I don't know. That's so far in the future. Okay, two years. Two years. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I like... I mean, I think I'll be visual. Um, I'm gonna be at Georgetown. Oh, <laughs> um, um, in a cool gothic building, <laughs> a super cool building. Um, I'll have read a lot more books because my okay books, buying books, reading books, two separate hobbies. Um, <laughs> my book list is really long. Um, it's the one thing I'm very materialistic about. It's so bad, but <laughs> I will have read a lot more books. Um, I think um, in two years, I'll be certain of where I stand politically because I'm not right now. <laughs> um, and then I think hmm, I'll have gone. Oh, I'll have um, I'll have gone to Kailash. Because okay. I really want to do that in the next two years. Um, what else? Just in case you don't know, Kailash is, uh, well, maybe you can tell. It's a mountain of certain significance mm -hmm. in India. Um, a mountain. Wait, is it in India? It, the Himalayas, is it on? It's in Nepal. Wait, Nepal. Tibet. Mm -hmm. Nepal and Tibet? It's, you go through Nepal, but it is in Tibet. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, very, um, very <clears throat> auspicious place. Um, that was supposed to be the home of um, Shiva. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I want to go there. Um, and then what else? These are just random things. Oh, I want to be um, learning jujitsu because that's a dream. I really want to learn jujitsu. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, and um, I want a pet. I want a dog or a cat. I love cats. Cats are so nice. I really want a cat. Um, they have never got me pets. I have a fish, though, from my age <laughs> project, from a school project. <laughs> but, um, so only because they couldn't say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Mm. Um, uh, where? I don't know what else. That's what I'm thinking now. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I hope the I hope the world is um, moving towards renewable energy on a on a more efficient rate in two years, and I hope there is significant education reform in the next years. It's not going to happen, but I hope that <laughs> I mean this is what I hope the world is like. Um, this is maybe maybe I'll give it five years. It's not going to happen still. But um, what else? I hope. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking right now. Uh, what else? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. I don't really look that far in the future, do I? What's that? I'm a. I'm a now person. Do it. Be in the now. Be in the now. <laughs> Any um, final message or anything you want to say? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Could be about anything. Uh, you don't have to. I don't know. I'm really glad um, I got to do this. It was a nice conversation. 
Um, and I think I think conversation is the best way to learn with about things because everyone has such different experiences and when you just take the time to sit and talk to someone you just learn so much I think I mean um it's it's a and learning about different perspectives perspective or learning about diff, other people's experiences broadens your perspective so much because you're like they thought about maybe they thought about something in a different way that you did so I think the fact that um, we're talking like this and other people can listen to it too um, is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I like doing it. I love conversation. <laughs> well, Neha, thank you so much. Uh, this has been fun. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. thank you for the concert you gave. Oh, no. <laughs> thank you for doing this. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, that's it. See you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>